This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Welcome to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So how has your week been? Uh, it's been pretty busy. Uh, you know, work's kind of winding down for the year, so the next week or two is going to be pretty busy before uh, before we hit Christmas, which yeah. is now in just a few weeks. Um, I have had a chance to, to play some... Uh, play a couple of games, one which I'm going to be reviewing a little bit later on in the show. I meant to mention this last week, but I guess it I just completely forgot about it, but um, I beat Sonic Frontiers. Oh, nice. How was it? I actually liked it. Um, it was very different as they've been advertising. It's very different than any Sonic game I've ever played. It's literally like, and I don't want to go too in-depth into spoilers, but it's really like they gave it the Breath of the Wild treatment. That's cool. Because, because you have the this open world um, with more of like an ambient music kind of mm. soundtrack. It does have some cool rock songs in it, um, but I like the direction that they went with it. I thought the storyline was great. I think it added a, a nice breath of fresh air. The game has a couple of bugs, which are really noticeable, especially towards the end of the game. But that's stuff that's, you know, fixable yeah. in future installments. So overall, I actually liked it quite a bit. You know, it's, it, it might deter some old school Sonic fans because when you, when you think of Sonic the Hedgehog, you think of these fast paced yeah. games that, you know, it goes by so fast that you don't know what's coming or really what's happening in that moment. So this is a little more methodical, but, in a good way. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 3 over the last week That's or next so. on my list. And uh, it took me a little while to get used to the control scheme, because it doesn't play like your normal shooter. Uh, you actually... Uh, I've been playing it in handheld mode a lot, so you use... Uh, you use the... You move the screen, like, to, to actually... Not the... You move using the analog sticks, but you actually shift the the switch around to actually aim. And it took me a while to get used to it. I tried to turn it off, and when I did, it was yeah, I could not play anymore. So I was like, yeah, I need to just get used to it. So that's what I've been doing is playing a lot of that. And um, that's really all I've been playing is just that. Splatoon 3, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Gems of War, which is a free game on uh, the Switch. And uh, if you like uh, Puzzle Quest, then Gems of War is right up your alley. Okay. Yeah, Splatoon 3 is next on my list. I, I hope to start that you know, sometime this week. Uh, I I've really been looking forward to it. So I, I really like the original Splatoon. Mm -hmm. So I I'm excited to dive into this one. Well, when you do, we'll get some uh, game nights together and play yeah, with the community. Yeah, for sure. But Yeah, uh, I, I didn't really get to play with anybody that you know, I know personally with the first one because I felt like I was 
you know, one of five people who owned a Wii U. So <laughs> didn't, didn't uh, but the online play was pretty fun. So, well, maybe we can talk some of the people in our, uh, our, our friend and follower group who, who hate the Nintendo switch, but yet still have one. Maybe we can talk them into <laughs> purchasing Splatoon three to, to play with us. Maybe we shouldn't call it Nintendo Switch Appreciation Night. Yeah, <laughs> that, might de- that might that might deter people. But uh, but I, um, we got a lot of news to get to. Are you ready to jump into the news? Let's do it. And Joey's in the chat room, and he says, "Geez, dude, just say my name." Well, I actually meant you, Wally Rampage. Everyone who has a Switch but hates it. <laughs> We don't want to openly throw people under the yeah, bus. Yeah, we don't do that here. We don't. Yeah. Throw, we don't throw people like Wally under the bus for anything. <laughs> we're we're professional on the show. <laughs> uh, but today's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson. If you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first one up here is from nintendoeverything.com. Vengeful Guardian Moonrider release date set for January. Uh, publisher The Arcade Crew and developer Joymaster today set a final release date for Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. game will be appearing on Switch starting January 12th, 2023. Alongside the release date news, a gameplay trailer has come in. Uh, the video highlights the lethal talents of a cyborg ninja named Moonrider, a state-of-the-art warrior who turned on its creators while defying its original purpose in a rel- relentless quest for revenge. I mean, what else can you ask for out of a video game? This thing looks like it's right out of the Sega Genesis yeah. Super Nintendo era, and I'm here for it. I think it, it looks scarily yeah. like a Super Nintendo and Genesis game. I think I'm gonna have to go ahead and get this when it comes out. I I, I want to play it too. It, it's got some like, if you go and watch the trailer, it has kind of like Super Metroid uh-huh. and a little bit of F Zero kind of feel to it as well so it looks like a lot of fun yeah i think i'm gonna have to just go ahead and get this as soon as it drops but it drops on what i say january 12th 2023 so that's only like a month yep. from now uh i don't think they gave a price though they did not i can't imagine this nope. is more than maybe 10 12 bucks yeah good question i have it's tough to tell i feel like with these yeah. games like you'd think they would be like 10 and they end up being closer to 20 yeah either way we'll we'll see it looks good enough to to drop at least 20 bucks on it i'll be looking for something to play after the new year so i I think this might be it oh yeah let's see from our favorite site nintendolife.com sega has considered dreamcast and saturn mini but is worried about extreme cost so we know about the mega drive mini 2 that that came out like a month or two ago uh, but fan requests have been coming in for miniature versions of Sega's other consoles like the Saturn and the Dreamcast. During an interview with Famitsu, Sega's classic hardware producer Yosuke Okunari is- explained how the pandemic shaped the outcome. He's sure people will be like, what about Saturn slash Dreamcast Mini? And it's not like they didn't explore the idea. The Mega Drive Mini's internals can't adequately handle Saturn games, and both developing and manufacturing new chipsets during the pandemic is a difficult and expensive process. So even if they'd forge ahead with the Saturn Mini anyway, it might have been extremely expensive. 
he jokes that he might like to release a mini that costs as much as an authentic modern console. That would not go over very well yeah. at all, so I don't <laughs> advise that whatsoever. Um, I haven't picked up a Mega Drive Mini 2, but I don't know exactly what the cost would be, and I, I understand if that's the reason why they wouldn't pursue that, but... I think a Dreamcast would sell pretty well, personally. Yeah, but I can't imagine the chipset is could be that expensive for something that runs on twenty five year old technology at this point. Yeah, it'd be curious because I mean, I, obviously, like I don't think Nintendo's going to make like a GameCube Mini or anything like that. But I, I don't know if they would do a Mega Drive Mini three. Who knows, but I I still would like to see a mini Dreamcast. I think it would be really cool, and that, that console has a good cult following, so I think it would sell well. Yeah, I just don't... Uh, I, I hope that the mini uh, console thing hasn't come to an end. Well, yeah, because like I, even though we ripped Nintendo for the, the fiasco of the your NES classic still playing it and then getting the Super Nintendo classic was really cool. I'd love if a GameCube mini came out, if a Dreamcast mini came out. That there's just something about cuz it's almost like you're playing the old system itself mm-hmm. because you have the physical hardware in front of you. You have the same kind of controller in your hand. Yeah. I just think they're going to have to do something to to allow people to some way for people to play these games. There just has to be. And if they do another mini, what they should have done was created the NES mini, but put a hard drive on it mm-hmm. where you can download additional games. Same thing with the Super Nintendo. That but would be we, the we've, smart thing we've to discussed do. that. <laughs> we've discussed that ad nauseum. Yeah, we're not going to bash Nintendo tonight for too much, but that's one thing that they, they they could have done so much more with those mini consoles. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Sega. I mean, why not make... Uh, you take these mini consoles, put them out, but make them able to be, like you said, have a hard drive on them and have them be able to hook up to the internet and just download games from a store or whatever that these games are just easily accessible instead of the, the the retro game market where everything is so expensive at this point that you can't even afford to get these games anymore unless you pirate them. Yeah, I've noticed that at the retro gaming stores here in town that they're getting, especially like GameCube games, are getting more expensive. Yeah, and Joey says uh, they did put a hard drive in it. They just don't publicize it, but... Uh, wink, yeah, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this next story is from IGN.com. Streets of Rage Composer is making a brand new game for the Sega Genesis. For the first time in nearly three decades, video game composer and designer Yuzo Koshiro is working on a new game for the Sega Genesis. Koshiro is best known for contributing music to classic game series like Streets of Rage, Revenge of Shinobi, Act Razor. That's got some great music in it, even though it's very reminiscent of Star Wars, some of the music in Act Razor, Ease, and more. Now the developer is working on a brand new shoot 'em up game designed for the original Genesis Mega Drive hardware. 
he revealed on Twitter, um, he posted a couple of images of the game that depict the spaceship flying through what appears to be an alien planet. And you can go find him at, it's at Yuzo Koshiro on Twitter. And he wrote, it looks like an old shoot 'em up but is a new game we're developing, hearkening back to famous franchises in the 80s. We will release it for MD slash Genesis. I'm making the soundtrack and have been back also as a game designer since Beyond Oasis. So I'm kind of excited about that. This is pretty cool. What I love also about these photos, the game's being played on an old TV. Yeah, it's an old CRT. That, that makes... <laughs> Yeah, that makes it even better. Yeah, this is really cool. You know, we talk about these stories every now and then about games being made for the old systems themselves, like the Super Nintendo, like the NES, like the Genesis. Yeah. This is really cool, and it makes me wish I had an old CRT television. I do, but I I need a new one because the the RCA jacks are, are starting to get a little crunchy. Mm. And I don't know who fixes that stuff. Yeah, I can't think of anywhere around here that would fix those. And it's too, it's too, uh, I, I don't want to fry myself or fry it trying to fix it. I'd rather just, I don't know, deal with it. Take the way it to it a is. professional. And yeah, I'd rather let somebody that knows what they're doing try to try to mess with all that. Yeah, same. But this this is really cool, though. Very, very cool. Our last story comes to us from GoNintendo.com. Capcom updates placeholder websites for Mega Man 12 through 15. When Mega Man 11 released, Capcom was quick to point out that the next installment in the Mega Man franchise was already in the works. Unfortunately, it's been pretty radio silent since then. Today, those holding out uh, for anything from Capcom may have a tiny sliver of hope as we inch ever closer to Mega Man's 35th anniversary. Back in 2018, Capcom registered web domains for Mega Man 12 through 15, which nothing has come of those. Uh, while the domains were left untouched since their initial purchase, they have finally been updated this year. Those domains aren't public-facing yet, so you can't go to them and see details about Mega Man. That said, with all of them being tweaked in March 2022, it does make you wonder if we'll see at least one of them being utilized for Mega Man's 35th anniversary which will be December 17th. So just a uh, little uh, 12 days away from mm-hmm. when we're recording this, actually. So less than two weeks. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do anything for the 35th anniversary. I mean, Mega Man is their... I mean, you could say a lot of things about Capcom, but I feel like Mega Man is still their flagship franchise. I mean, with everything they've done from Resident Evil to Street Fighter to all those great... Capcom games, Mega, Mega Man is their their flagship mascot. How cool would it be if they just dropped <laughs> Mega Man 12? I, I don't think that'll happen, personally. No. But... I would love it. I, I, Mega Man 11 still is a fantastic game. If you've never played that, please go get it. I played it on the Switch. You can, It's available everywhere, but I got it on the Switch, and it's a really great experience on there. And uh, I mean, it plays. It's 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 Mega Man. I mean, if you love Mega Man, it's just it's modernized Mega Man is what it is. And I love every second of it. And I, I will buy a new one every time a new one drops. Joey says he is so bad at Mega Man Eleven. I still need to play it. See what you gotta do is put it on easy for old old <laughs> people like us. 
I'll keep that in mind. I'm not going to lie. Even on easy, that game is hard. It's Mega Man. It's always going to be hard. Well, my experience with Mega Man is very limited, as I've said, but I I have played Mega Man X pretty extensively, and it it was pretty brutal. Yeah. And, oh, man, the graphics in that game are so good. Mm -hmm. It just makes me want to go play it. Let's just just end the podcast. Good night, everybody. I'm going to go play some (laughs) Mega Man 11 right now. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. But that would be uh, that would be cool if they did drop something out of nowhere. I have a feeling that if they do a Mega Man, I mean they're due for Mega Man Twelve. It's got to drop sometime soon, maybe early twenty twenty three. Maybe they'll at least do some kind of announcement. Yeah, maybe so. That I mean, if they're already updating the websites, and um, you know, I would think something would be coming. Yeah, they may drop some news on the uh, what's the what was the date for the seventeenth, December seventeenth, like what twelve days from now. Yep, that is. Uh, it's on a Sunday. Okay. Wow. Well, no, that's no, that's uh, next Saturday. Sorry. They might drop something from hopefully. Saturday. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll get some more Mega Man stuff too, like maybe a Mega Man cartoon. That would be cool. Did you, did I ever tell you about the Mega Man Sonic crossover? No. Back a few years ago, when the Sonic comic book was still being done by Archie, they started doing a Mega Man comic. So they actually did a crossover where it was Sonic and Mega Man teaming up against Robotnik and Dr. Wily. <laughs> That's cool. It was actually a really cool storyline. I would watch the crap out of that if they made a cartoon out of that. That should have been a, like a special or something. You know what we need? I would have watched that in a heartbeat. We need a cartoon of the Mega Man that was on uh, Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, God. <laughs> the, one <that> <laughs> the one that sounds like a, a mob boss when he talks. Uh, I'm Mega Man. <laughs> I was going to say, if Marlon Brando were still alive, he could be the voice. And I still, to this day... going to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> still to this day, I watch. I like watching Captain N. Every time Mega Man comes on, I'm like, what were they thinking? Mega Man, I mean, yeah, they call him man, but he's a boy. He's a robot boy. Why didn't they not give him a little kid's voice? Why was he... First off, why was he green? Number one. Number two, why did he sound like a mob boss? I just... Uh, what were they thinking? I don't. I don't get it. Uh, that era of video game cartoons was just so weird. You had that. You had, you know, the uh, the borderline racist Italian <laughs> puns from the Mario <laughs> Brothers Super Show. You had Link being a freaking pervert and molester. Uh, wh- and why you had Zelda Mario... looking like she wasn't wearing any pants? And why were Mario and Luigi so obsessed with pasta? I mean, pasta was never a thing in the co- in the in the games. Where did that come from? I don't know. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love pasta as much as the next person, but I'm like, <laughs> you guys have a problem. Yeah, you can't eat at every meal. You're gonna be you're you're asking for some uh, uh some, for some heart problems if you're eating it for every meal. Yeah, your stomach's gonna explode. <laughs> <laughs> but it is let, let's leave that that behind because we could go I, I could literally do an entire episode on everything that's wrong with Captain N the game master but we'll leave that discussion for later that, that that'd be a fun like episode on its own like just talking about that era of video game cartoons we should do that I, I, I could go on for an hour about the Zelda cartoon <laughs> and everything that's wrong with it Joey said do a whole episode on pasta I could <laughs> 
<laughs> I love me some pasta. I do too. But, I do uh, too. But we should do that. Let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Whoa, why is that the wrong music? It's labeled wrong. Something happened with my my soundboard. That was really weird. I played the Your thing soundboard video game you. history, and it's playing something else entirely. Uh, hmm. On December of 1982, Atari releases E.T. the Extraterrestrial, arguably the best video game ever made. Oh, there's, there's no arguable about it. <laughs> Written in five and a half weeks is one of the games that sparks the video game crash of 83. And man, I would love to get Howard Scott Warshaw on the show to, to talk about that. I'm going to keep hounding him until he comes on the show or he blocks it, me, one of the two. Well, if he blocks you, then I'll just take over and just yeah. keep just keep bombarding just keep him. Keep going. Cuz he just had he had a he had a book out not too long ago. I I got to get that book and read it. Yeah, same. Uh, let's see, December 27th of 1982, Starcade, a video game television game show, debuts on TBS in the United States. Wasn't Starcade I, also a, a WCW thing? Yep, it was an old NWA show back yeah. in the early 80s that I believe predates WrestleMania. I'm sure Joey will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I remember I me and my say, cousin, we used to watch NWA back in the mid to late 80s and i remember we watched starcade one weekend i think it was pay-per-view if i'm not mistaken yeah you had like rick flair and dustin yeah. Rhodes from from sting. that era so yeah sting was on there yep back when he had the multicolored face paint before he became the mm -hmm. crow yeah he was he wore like the you know the shiny like like colored pants like green pants and he had the different kind of makeup on and he had blonde hair like spiky yeah, the blonde, blonde flat top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sting was, when I first started watching wrestling, he was my first favorite wrestler. Wow. I that, love Sting. He was great. God, he's been around forever. He's still wrestling. I know. He's in his That's, 60s. He's got to be like 80 at this point. <laughs> he's, I think he's in his early 60s, and he's still going. Yeah, Joey says it predated WrestleMania by two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I remember reading about that uh, a while back, but yeah, those those shows, you know, uh, you know, I grew up on the Attitude Era, but now that that's the older stuff is more widely available, I've gone back. That that early to mid '80s stuff is great. Yeah, I wish I could find VHS tapes of all that old uh, '80s era stuff because I used to watch uh, Mid South Wrestling too, which I think was called mm -hmm. UWF, and it was out of uh, Memphis, and they had. My favorite wrestler from there was a guy called the Great Kabuki, and mm -hmm. uh, he was kind of scary looking, and he would blow like powder in people's faces. Uh, and Ted DiBiase came from there. Uh, Junkyard mm -hmm. Dog came from there. And I used to go. My uncle used to take me when I was a little kid. They used to come down to the Coast Coliseum all the time when I was really little. I'm talking like 1983, 84. I was probably six or seven years old, and he would take me to see wrestling. And that's when I first saw like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and all those guys, the Junkyard Dog, all those dudes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool to see like where all of them came from, and then you're seeing what they became, you know, later on when 
when the WWF really took off in the late 80s. Joey says, I just met Sting for the first time on Saturday night at an event here in New Jersey, and then coincidentally he was on my wife's plane flight Sunday morning to Texas. That's awesome. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I got my fingers crossed that one day he'll be at Pensacon. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah, that that seems he, like he he a... does con- he does conventions. Yeah. I know that. And rampage in the chat room, rampage, rampage. But uh, yeah, here we go. Is it my turn? It uh, is. December of 1984, Atari Games releases Marvel Madness, their first game written in the C programming language and to use a 68,000 fa- family microprocessor. I like Marvel Madness a lot. Even the the Nintendo version is really good. Didn't you review Marble Madness? I did. Well, back on this show. Thing about that game is it's so short. If you if if you're any kind of decent at that game, you can finish it in like ten minutes. Yeah, I still have yet to play it, but I do remember you talking about it. It's got some of the best music ever, too. Oh, Joey says she said, and I quote: "If you don't already know who he is, he just looked like an old guy with bad dyed hair and a soul patch." <laughs> Sounds like oh, me. Oh man, <laughs> uh, that'll probably be me in like thirty years. Yeah. Let's see. December sixteenth of nineteen ninety-seven. A scene from the Pokemon anime based upon the highly successful games causes 685 Japanese children to have seizures. Whoa! Nintendo makes a statement proclaiming the safety of the Pokemon games from fear that the games would cause a similar effect. The episode to be permanently removed from circulation and the featured Pokemon in the episode named Porygon has not made an appearance in the Pokemon anime since. Wow. And that is the one and only time that episode ever aired. On television at all. Can you even see it online anywhere? I'm sure someone's posted it on YouTube. I haven't searched for it, but there there were actually a few episodes of the Pokemon anime that were banned in the States for, for various reasons. Wow. Like I remember there was there was one because in Japan they're a lot more lax on stuff like that than they mm-hmm. are here. Uh there was one episode where um they traveled to the Safari Zone. And the I think it was the warden or someone um, pointed a gun like right at Ash's head and also shot it at (laughs) Team Rocket, the villains of the show. (laughs) So needless to say, that one was not played in the United States. Um, There there's been others for um, racial stereotypes. Um, So there's been like six to eight episodes of the anime that were never shown in the u.s crazy i would like to actually see that one that caused all the all the seizures i would too and it's kind of crazy that you're that pokemon hasn't made an appearance in the in the show since and 685 kids, that's a lot of kids yeah i mean and i know what pokemon they're talking about it's basically it was in the show or in the games it was the first digitally created pokemon so it basically looks like a bunch of polygons but it looks like an n64 character uh it doesn't it, say here in the the thing joey he's asking for what season episode number it is but uh you'll have to i guess you could google it and find it oh he he says it's on youtube oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna do that when we leave here tonight it, yeah i want to watch it too uh december of 1988 take two interactive forms the rockstar games publishing label uh, i didn't know they went all the way back to 98 
And for those who may not know about Rockstar, they created the Grand Theft Auto games, um, yeah, I guess Red so, Dead Redemption, Grand L.A. Theft Noir. Auto 1 was, what, like 98, 99, somewhere around Some, there? Something like that, yeah. Man, I almost bought uh, PlayStation 2 um, Grand Theft Auto 3 the other day, but it was so scratched to hell and back that I didn't mm. get it. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. I really like that one. San Andreas is still one of my favorites. Yeah, Vice City will probably always be my favorite Grand Theft Auto game. Mm. Um, Red Dead is great. Um, L.A. Noir is really good. So Rock- Rockstar's made some really good games. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption is still one of the greatest games of, the, of this century. Oh, 100%. And finally, December of 2001, Panasonic releases the GameCube-based Q Multimedia console, which I remember reading about on IGM back in the day. This was a GameCube that had a DVD player in it. Oh, yeah. They didn't make very many of these. If you actually come across one of these in the wild, oh, you better snatch it up with a quickness. I I wonder how much these go for. I don't even know. I, it's got to be astronomical. Let's see. GameCube Q-based console. Yeah, I remember reading about this. They never released them outside of Japan, I don't think. Yeah. Because they didn't sell well. Oh, uh, you can get one for 1700 bucks on eBay. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass on getting one uh, off eBay. Let's see. You can also get one. Uh, it comes with a remote, a memory card, and a controller for nine hundred and thirty-six dollars. Wow! So if you're looking for that slight discount, you can get that one. Yeah, I'd have that, to, that's not surprising. I knew it would be pricey. I'd have to look it up uh, for the original GTA. I'm not sure if that if they were officially Rockstar's first release, but I would imagine so. They would have. If to not be. the first, it has to be one of the first. Yeah. But, uh, but that brings us to the end of this month of video game history. Now, we're ready to go into some shout-outs. As always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out John West, Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contribution. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I did want to throw out there, uh, it is the first of the month, so we all know what Patreon (laughs) likes to do at the first of the month. So we did lose a couple of patrons. So just, I, I know it can be tough. I have to do it at the beginning of every month. You know, just always be sure to, you know, check to make sure that your subscription is still valid. Um, I know it's, it's a hassle, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, yeah, that's with Patreon, Patreon so. life is what it is. Yep, that is gonna... Patreon life. So, yeah. and plus, you know, we know the holidays are coming up. People are spending a lot of money, but if you want us to keep doing the fun commentary tracks, like national lampoons, Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. Batman, the animated series, gargoyles, so many countless other ones we've done. Got to get us back up to that $50 level. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, again, just head over to patreon.com slash 
Nerd Cave Retro. Hey, and our Patreon would be a good Christmas present, too, if you got a retro gamer in your life, and you know they listen to this show, too, and you want to get them a present, just go get them a, a subscription to our Patreon, and they get all the extra little episodes we, we do, and whenever some big gaming news comes out, we do the news dump. Me and Wally do, but it hasn't been any big news in a while. It's a it's a slow, it's that slow time of the year for game news. But we'll be back with to the steal news a dump. quote from Christmas Vacation. We're the gift that keeps on giving all year, <laughs> Clark. That's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. <laughs> that it is, Eddie. That it is. <laughs> Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. Tonight, Derek is going to be talking about... Sounds like a classic MIDI track. Very pleasant, the music for this game. Yeah, the the music to this game is is very nice to listen to as you explore the, the various areas of this game. So uh, this is a game that I've been wanting to actually review for a while. Um, been playing it off and on for really like the last six months or so. And decided, you know, I haven't reviewed what a classic like Mario type platformer in a while. So... That's kind of what I've been in the mood to play. So for uh, this week, I will be reviewing Wario Land 3, which is a 2000 video game released for the Game Boy Color, which is, of course, the sequel to Wario Land 1 and 2, which was a spinoff of Super Mario Land from back in the uh, the early 90s, starring everyone's favorite anti-hero arch rival Wario, which I remember when the first Wario Land game came out, seeing the commercials for it and being pretty excited about it because Wario was a popular character when Mario Land 2 came out and he was the antagonist of that. So it was cool to play a Mario game, but have a little bit of a different feel, a little bit of different stakes to it. I was looking at some uh, video of gameplay of this game. And it reminds me of something, but I can't quite place what game it reminds me of. It's got pretty good graphics for really a, a good. Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. So that this, you know, Game Boy Color was in full swing at this point. And, and to use a movie analogy, it was like The Wizard of Oz, where you were literally stepping from black and white into color. I remember when the Game Boy Color first came out and just my mind being blown finally getting to play a handheld in full color. So I was really excited for this. Wario Land 2 was really good as well. There's a sequel to this. There's a total of four Wario Land games, but this is by far my favorite of the four. 
for several different reasons. One is the music, which you guys heard the the intro um, opening track. There's something really catchy and pleasant about the music. It really captures the mood of wherever you are in the game. And it was cool is there's a day and night mode um, because there are certain objectives that you have to do depending on you know what kind of day it or what time of day it is. Um, and there are also different abilities that you get. And the, the cool thing is, so Wario can't die, which is advantageous for those of you who die a lot in games like I do. <laughs> but your abilities change depending on what happens to you throughout the game. So, for example, if it's nighttime and you're going through... So there, one of the first levels in the game is you're going through this town. And you happen upon a zombie. Well, if it attacks you, you become a zombie. The cool thing is it makes you invulnerable. If something touches you, it dies instantly. The bad thing is you can't really move that well. You can barely jump and you fall through um, thin floor. So if you're on a platform, you just fall right through it. Hmm. So then you have to turn back into normal Wario and then just avoid the zombies. Sometimes you have to, to get to certain objectives. Um, if you get smashed by a hammer, you turn into like a, almost like a slinky or a giant spring where you can jump up and down really high. And this is the same game mechanics as the other ones, right? This uh, mechanic was introduced in Wario Land 2. Okay. Wario Land 1 was more like a typical Mario game where you had different power-ups. You had different hats that you wore. Mm. Um, but you could still die and you had like lives and everything. But the this concept was introduced in the sequel, I think which I like because it's... Uh, for two, because I'm having some severe deja vu right now. Yeah, and I like that, though, because it differentiates it from a traditional Mario game. Mm -hmm. It has similar mechanics in that it's a platformer, but with the abilities you get, it makes it a little bit different, which I, I think is really cool. So th the storyline of this game is Wario, as everyone knows, he likes treasure hunting. He's very greedy. He loves money. Um, his plane crashes, and he happens upon this cave that has this um, like gold music box. So him thinking it's a piece of treasure, he picks it up, but he gets sucked into the music box. So when he gets sucked into it, he finds this hidden figure who's had his um, he's had his power stolen from him. And he says, well, if you can find me these five music boxes and restore my power, you can keep whatever treasure you find. And I'll also release you, you know, from this prison or whatever. So you go through these different areas and find different treasures that help you advance throughout the game. And in each level, so there are four different sections of the music box. There's north, south, east, and west. And each have seven to eight levels in them. Each level has four different treasure chests that you have to find, and they're all color-coded. There's gray, red, blue, and green. Throughout the levels, you have to find the different keys to open said treasure chest. So you have to find the gray key to open the gray chest. But chances are when you find, say, the first one, it'll give you a treasure or an ability that you can then go to the next level use that to find different treasure and so on and so forth. And then you can eventually backtrack once you get 
all of your abilities because when you start out the game, Wario just has his basic charge attack mm. and that's really about it. But you get different abilities throughout the game. Like you get a stronger charge attack. You can jump higher. You can pick up enemies, throw them. And it, it it's really cool because you get to go back and explore areas that you weren't able to get to before. Mm-hmm. And the levels are, are pretty decent size too for a Game Boy game. So I feel like size-wise and graphic-wise, it really pushes the limits of, of what the Game Boy could do. So that's why this is categorized as a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. A lot of backtracking. There is a lot of backtracking, but it's not in the annoying kind of way. Yeah, but it makes the game because... feel bigger than than what it actually is, though. When you when you have that type of gameplay, yeah, and each section of the map has a fairly decent amount of levels. But because you get to go back, and you don't have to find every piece of treasure to complete the game, you just have to find the the five music boxes. But once you beat the final boss you know, you can restart the game and you can go back and collect whatever treasure that you didn't get. But I, I really like the Wario land games. And I, I say this every time I review a game boy game, but if this had been for like the super Nintendo, it would have done much better. I think than it actually did. But at the same time, I like that game boy has its own like type of franchise. Hmm. And I, I would classify Wario Land under that category. Have they ever done like a not a remaster, but a repackaging of these Wario games for any system? Um you can download well when you could still download games for the 3DS, they have all four on there, because that's where I've got the first three. I didn't get the fourth one, unfortunately. So I'll I'll probably have to find it for the Game Boy Advance. Um, once I eventually do review that one, but um, yeah, they they were available, you know, pretty wide on the like the handheld virtual console. See, because this seems like it would be perfect if Switch Online ever, if they ever do Game Boy Online, where you can play original Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games. Because there seems to be a lot of games from this era, especially the Game Boy Color, that could do with a a, a little bit of a a little bit of love to you know repackage them and have people be able to play them because there's a lot of games that have been lost to time from this era. I wish they would add Game Boy games to the Switch Online store. If they did that, these the Wario Land games would be some of the first I would add. Like Mario Land, Wario Land, Link's Awakening would be another one. Metroid Two, another great Game Boy game. Uh, the Donkey Kong Land Game Boy games were really fun, too. If you like Donkey Kong Country, it has the same type of feel as those. Um, Donkey Kong 94 was really good, a, an extension of the original arcade game. It, game Boy had a lot of good games for it. It just didn't get the same kind of love, Yeah, and Nintendo's just leaving money on the table by not re-releasing this stuff in a way that I mean, the the Nintendo Switch is the perfect opportunity to bring stuff like this back. It's a handheld system. It's a modern handheld system. It's more than capable of playing every single one of these games, even if it's emulated, you know, like they do for all the online stuff. 
yeah, uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo, why can't they do all the Game Boy stuff too? It's it's be it it's mind bending that they don't respect their past more uh, uh, like they should. And you would think if if any company would, it would be Nintendo because people of our generation they associate the word Nintendo with video games. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we we've we've talked about that quite a bit. So, um a couple of other cool things that I like about this game specifically, it has really cool boss fights. They're few and far between, but it also they also take advantage of you know, Wario's ability to adapt to his environment depending on what happens to him. So for example, when you're in this world where you're in like a metropolis type of city, you and you're going to think I'm kidding when I say this, but it's going to sound ridiculous, but you have a soccer match against a giant rabbit. <laughs> okay. And the way that you beat him is that you have to stomp on him transforming him into a ball and you have to kick it into the goal okay likewise he can do that to you and the first person to score three goals wins and then you get you know that that treasure chest but there there's some really cool boss fights too like there's um a cool underwater one that you do where you fight this giant um this giant spiked fish um i can't think of that specific type of fish off the top of my head, but the one with spikes all over it. Um, you fight one of those, um, but there's only like, I think five or six, if that boss fight, not including the final one, but there's not too many. I wish there would have been a few more of those because that was among my favorite aspect of the game was the creativity with the boss fights, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't take away from the overall experience of it, but it's, it's a really good platformer and if anybody is a fan of the mario games especially from the 90s and 2000s and you haven't played any of the wario land games do yourself a favor and, and do it because you will fall in love with it and i i've i've loved going back and playing one two and three eventually i'll get around to four but i've really really liked going back and playing these games well, I mean, from what I saw, I didn't get to see too much, but from what I saw on uh, the gameplay, looked pretty cool. It looked really fun. I, I it's it, like I said, it looked like something. It reminded me of something, but I I can't quite put my finger on what the the gameplay reminded me of. But I might have to uh, go look for some ROMs maybe and play some ROMs of the Wario. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there's no other way to get this stuff without uh, finding them at if, a retro game store somewhere. If you don't want us to download the ROMs, make them available to yeah. to, to purchase for a small fee. Yeah, because that, that's how it works, Nintendo. You give us the product, and we will pay for it. Yeah, give us exactly. a way to purchase it. We'll buy it. I, I will. And I will also await your text message later on in the week. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that, uh, that's cool. Yeah, um, as far as the overall reception of the game, uh, it was reviewed very well. It has an aggregate score of 90% on game rankings based on 15 reviews, making it the highest rated game in the Wario series. 
It was a runner-up for GameSpot's annual Best Game Boy Color Game and Best Platform Game Awards, losing to Dragon Warrior 1 and 2 and Banjo-Tooie, respectively. And it, uh, uh, it, Games... was, the, it was the 10th best-selling Game Boy Color Game, too, in Japan, with 255,536 copies sold. And get this, GameSpot rated it a 9.8 out of 10. Whoa. And stated, as far as platformers go, Wario Land 3 is a game that fires on all cylinders. IGN gave it an outstanding rating of 9 out of 10. Nintendo Power listed it as the ninth best Game Boy slash Game Boy Color video game, describing it as the pinnacle of Wario's early action platform adventure games. Every time I see a Nintendo game being rated highly by Nintendo power reminds me of that, uh, Barack Obama meme where somebody photoshopped him giving himself the, uh, the medal of honor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is weird because there are some reviews where they rate it lower than say like an IGN or an electronic gaming monthly would Mm -hmm. like EGM would give a game like a nine and a half and then Nintendo power is like, Oh, you know what? We'll give it a seven. Yeah. Like it's your own game. (laughs) What are you doing? I guess they don't want to play favorites. I know, but you, there's a fine line. Like you can give it like an eight or an eight and a half. Mm Hmm. You give it a seven, you're like, okay, now you're just you're trying too hard to not play favorites. Oh, Joey, which is worse room. than playing favorites. Joey in the chat room says, "So Wario Land three fires on more more cylinders than J Funktastic's car." I kid, ouch, I kid. ouch, wow. man. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> yeah, my car man. ruined Christmas. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that sucks. I feel so bad for yeah, you. I got to pay for the That's car. Right. So head over to uh, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and subscribe to the show and help me pay for my stupid car. Uh, my new, uh, what did I have replaced? My AC and my uh, my uh, radiator. You said the radiator was, yeah. was shot, right? Yeah, they, I had to have, I got the AC replaced like two months ago and then the radiator shot, so... Almost $3,000 worth of car work in the last two months kind of hurts. Yeah, that that's awful. So what that's do you give awful. this game? Back, back to Wario 3, what is your rating for the game? I'd give it a solid 9. Not it's bad. really, really good. It's, like I said, my favorite of the Wario Land games. I think it's peak mario platforming you know it's it's not as good obviously as like a super mario world or a mario brothers 3 i think it's the best handheld mario platformer wow i will say that that's uh that's high praise it's it's really good i'm very curious to see how four is because i don't remember much of it i got i had very distinct memories of the first three but the fourth one not so much Hmm. but i'll I'll get to that at some other point in time. All right. Well, that is brings us to the end of this episode. Next week, I hopefully will be done with Code Veronica by next week. If not, I may have to push it back to my next review. Depends on whether or not I can get it. Uh, I can get it done before next Monday. Um, but I should be able to. I don't see why I shouldn't. But if not, I'll do something else. I'm not sure. I may do a, another Nintendo game next week if I can't get Code Veronica done. 
But uh, but that okay. brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And is there anything else you wanted to throw out there before we leave this evening? Uh, just follow me at D Diamond Film on social media. Hopefully, either next week or the week after, I will be um, announcing the details for the premiere of the feature. Awesome! I can't wait to for it to come out. Uh, I'm always excited when when we have uh, stuff like that come out. It's always that like, yeah. that that crackle of excitement before the world gets to see that kind of stuff. There's a couple of logistic uh, logistical things to to figure out, but I'll say the date and the venue have been confirmed. All right. There's still a couple more things to figure out, but once that's done, I will let everyone know. Uh, we'll have you on the uh, the Open Micers podcast before all that happens. Yep. And um, but speaking yep. of Open Micers, go to at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. We've been doing a lot of host episodes lately because uh, it's that time of the year. It's hard to get guests. So all of our guests are are coming back up at the beginning of the year. I think we have another guest coming up next week, but I'm not sure. But um, starting a new year, uh, everybody's ready to come on the show and, and be a guest. But we've been doing a lot of hostful episodes lately. And uh, last week was, was pretty funny. Jacob has to deal with uh, a lot of... He works at the gas station now, so he has to deal with all kinds of gas station people. And his stories are oh. uh, are quite hilarious. <laughs> so go check us out at Open Micers Twitter and Instagram. And uh, he's a better man than me. There's no way I could ever work at a gas station. Not a shot. I mean, I love my job now because I don't have to deal with the public. I don't have to see anybody all day. It's just I'm in the shop making making t-shirts. And I just sit at a computer all day, so. Yeah. So I'll take my job over having to work at a gas station any day of the week. Yeah. But uh, but that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And let me pull up my notes here as we walk out the door. If you would like to email us, email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com we are at nerdcaveretro.com which now takes you straight to our link tree which takes you to our facebook our instagram our twitter and of course our merch shop which you can go to at ncrmerch.com get some shirts for uh, for for christmas we got a cool bunch of cool nerd shirts over there go check out then not just shirts but bags and hats we got stickers and magnets coffee mugs, everything you need. Speaking of coffee mugs, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code NCR for 10% off your purchase. They got all kind of new holiday flavors over there at brezcoffeeco.com and go to patreon.com slash and if you can't do that, can't give us a buck a month, I understand. Times are tough. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. Dirt, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! Are you gone? <laughs>